this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. Hey, just just while we're waiting for some other people to join too, um, you know, Sarah and I were traveling the last several days and we couldn't do the devotion on Monday, which was, which was our fault totally. But, um, you know, I, I say this more and more all the time, but it was repeated again. In fact, you might hear me do a whole video on this. Um, you know, being involved with government leaders in Washington, D.C., uh, particularly those who love Jesus and follow Jesus, uh, they make it very clear that government... I don't know if this will disturb you or not, but government is not the solution yeah. to this nation's problems. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. So we've got government leaders who are saying government isn't the solution. Yeah. That should wake the church up mm-hmm. big time. So anyway, over the last few days, we were with a bunch of national conservative leaders uh, for listening for three, four days, whatever it was, yeah. uh, of speech after speech after speech. And everybody saying really the same thing. Our country's in trouble, government isn't the solution, and in then varying degrees, depending on the speaker, saying, hey, this nation needs to repent and return to God. Yes. So anyway, just a, a little bit of a reminder there for you. So, all right, here we go. So this is our Behold devotional, our third one. Uh-huh. Apart from our little mini Behold videos that we've been shooting, this is the more in-depth devotional. Uh, today, we're looking at the word behold as it relates to the, the shepherds mm-hmm. and this old mysterious guy that kind of gets overlooked a lot by the name of Simeon. Yeah. Simeon, the word behold is used. And again, this, this word behold, right, it's, it's always to get our attention. It's always to kind of shake us by the shoulders and get us to wake up, to pay attention to what's being said, yeah. right? Don't just... You know, don't just gloss over it, man. Like every time it's work, it's used. It's it's used to get our attention. And so, here we're going to start today with the story of the angels showing up to the shepherds in the field. A very uh, um, famous passage of scripture, but something that really needs to get inside of us. So, check this out: Luke chapter two, verses nine and ten. And behold. An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Behold. Yeah. Right? And so so we look at this and and kind of go, okay, well, there's this great supernatural um, angelic display. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true, and it's good, and it's right, for sure. Mm-hmm. That, that's important. But the behold is about not just the angels showing up, but the behold is about who the angels showed up to, which are the shepherds. Yeah. Okay? That's good. Now... I know we've got our nativities and all that stuff, and it kind of gets lost on us. But listen, for the angels to show up to shepherds, it was something to behold. It was totally out of the box, unexpected, unusual, just bizarre. Now, why is it bizarre? 
because of who the shepherds were. I don't know that you've ever, you know, really dove into this or not, but the shepherds were the lowest class of all of the people. They were known to be thieves and liars. They were, they were known to have their flocks graze on other people's land. And so they, they weren't the good guys here. In fact, the shepherds were so low class and so untrustworthy, they weren't even allowed to testify in court. If there was a court case that was going to happen and you were going to call a shepherd to testify on your behalf, they were so low class and disregarded, they couldn't even testify in court. But God, but God, God uses the people that the world says isn't qualified to testify and he trusts them to actually be the ones who do testify to the birth of the son of God. This is why God's ways are so different than man's ways. This is why God uses people that the world would never think about using. Mm -hmm. Now, if you know your Bible, this should start to, to draw something out of you. It should remind you of a scripture that supports this point, that God uses just regular old folks and every time, listen to me, Christian friend, every time you say, well, I'm a nothing or I'm a nobody and I'm not enough of this or enough of that, every time we disqualify ourselves, we're actually qualifying ourselves for the work of God because you're the kind of person that God chooses. Mm. Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. <laughs> do you, woo, do you yeah. love it? Yeah. Like, God's goal isn't to look at, oh, there's that rich, powerful guy over there with this great reputation. Yeah. He's exactly what I need. Yeah. God goes, yeah. forget that guy. Yeah. I need someone that's just a regular old person so that when I do something awesome in and through his life, mm -hmm. everybody's going to scratch their head and go, oh my gosh, how in the world? Yeah. How in the world did that happen? And then there's no explanation but God. Now, he didn't say that, that no uh, wise people or no, he just said not many, mm -hmm. not many. Mm -hmm. Listen, God's good enough where he'll occasionally let someone smart into his kingdom. <laughs> God's cool enough where he'll occasionally yeah, yeah, let somebody noble or whatever in. Yeah. But generally speaking, just like it was to the angels, mm -hmm. God chooses just plain old people. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says the same thing. And Paul's saying this in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians to the Corinthians because they're what? They're uppity people. They're worldly-minded people. They're rich and they're famous and they're this and they're that. And Paul's letting them know, hey, you better get a checkup here. Yeah. Listen to what Paul says here in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 
He said, we don't have this treasure, or excuse me, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us, not of us. This treasure of the gospel, this power of the gospel, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that's been given to earthen vessels, just regular old people made out of dirt. Yeah. That's what it means. Why? So that, so that the excellence of the power, the majesty of the power of the gospel mm -hmm. will be of God mm -hmm. and not of us. Mm -hmm. It's just God saying, hey, listen, here's what I do. And so you look back throughout the scriptures and uh, listen, I just want to give you some of the more famous things. Where was Moses when God revealed himself to Moses? You go, well, he was the prince of Egypt. No, no, no. He was on the backside of the desert. And what was he doing? He was tending sheep. What was David doing? David was the smallest, the twerpiest little nothing of a kid, the smallest in a family who was a shepherd boy. And God said, watch me use him to defeat Goliath and become Israel's greatest king. Mm -hmm. Shepherds, folks, just regular old people, prostitutes, Rahab. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on with God using regular folks. Listen, we wanna encourage you this morning if you're just a regular person and you feel like you don't have the qualification, you don't have training, you don't have this, that, or the other thing to be used by God, you're exactly who God's looking for. Yeah. So bring your nothingness to God and allow him with your nothingness to do something. Yeah. You know, it stands out to me and everybody, I'm certain, the fact that they were afraid, of course. I mean, yeah. an angelic host show up and how kind of the Lord to say, behold, do not be afraid. That's right. So how many um, weak and lowly and shepherds and those that may feel so unqualified have possibly had a word from the Lord yeah. and, and shunned it and turned away just because they were so afraid yeah. of what it might, you know, offer them or, yeah. you know, where the Lord might bring them. So I would say, even now, you guys, if you've had a word from the Lord, like remind yourself, speak to your soul, remind yourself of what the Lord might have been saying even months or years ago and revisit it and possibly repent. I was afraid. Yeah. I was afraid. I didn't know where you might lead me, Lord, but now I'm ready. Yeah. You know? That's good. You know, it's, it's interesting because so many different commentators say, you know, of course they were afraid. They were shocked by this angelic visitation. Well, they thought they were being judged. I'm no sure. question. Yeah. They were afraid yeah. because of their own guilty conscience. Right. Like, right. dude, we're shepherds and thieves and liars right. and all that stuff. We're in yeah. trouble. Like God's, God's calling us out. God's calling us out. Yeah. He's coming to judge us. And, yeah. and so in their fear, the message, don't be afraid, mm -hmm. is radically, radically important. Yeah. Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings mm -hmm. of great joy, yeah. which will be to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a mm -hmm. Savior who is Christ the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we love it. All right, so God uses plain people. We're going to switch now to this guy by the name of Simeon. Mm -hmm. And... I think Simeon gets done an injustice in two ways. In one way, he just gets overlooked. Yeah. And in another way, the exact opposite happened. Through speculation, he gets built up to being something more than the scripture says that he is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's read this. Luke chapter two, verse 25. And behold, 
there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. All right, so here's this guy, Simeon. And again, the word behold is there. Yeah. Hey, behold, there's a man in Jerusalem. That's all it says about Simeon here, that he's just a man. He's, a, he's just another guy, like a shepherd. He's just another plain guy. And, and what has history tried to do with him? They've tried to make him the son of one of the greatest Jewish uh, teachers and rabbis ever by the name of Hillel. They tried to make him the son of the greatest. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there there are some people that say, oh, he was 113 uh, or 112 years old. And they try to make more out of him, I'm convinced, because of what he got to do yeah. in witnessing the dedication mm -hmm. of Jesus there after he was uh, to be dedicated by uh, Mary and Joseph at just a few uh, days of age. Uh, so it's it's astounding to me mm -hmm. how the world again wants to take someone who's a man from Jerusalem. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! We got to make more of him than that. Mm -hmm. No, he's just a man from Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Holy and devout. But listen to what it says about him. He was just, meaning that he was godly. Mm -hmm. He was pious. Now pay attention to these things. He was devout. It means he lived a life of devotion to God. Next, it says that he waited for the consolation of Israel. That phrase, the consolation of Israel, was a phrase for the Messiah. Simeon was a man who waited for Jesus to show up. He waited. We, we learn later in the story that he was promised that he wouldn't see death until he saw the Messiah. And so he isn't just waiting for nothing, he's waiting in faith, he's waiting, believing for the promise. And just like Simeon waited for the first coming of Jesus, mm -hmm. we need to be found like Simeon, being just, devout, and waiting in faith for the second return, of, or the second coming mm -hmm. of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It also says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Mm -hmm. I love that. That shouldn't surprise us. He's a just man. He's a devout man. He's waiting for Jesus to show up. No wonder the Holy Spirit's upon him. He's positioned himself to have the Holy Spirit come upon him. See, I, again, I read Simeon's life and go, okay, he's just a man in Jerusalem. He's one of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. But what does he do? He positions himself spiritually to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And God is faithful to show up and the Holy Spirit is upon him. Now, what else do we know about Simeon? We know that he's sensitive to the Spirit mm -hmm. because it says later in the story that the Spirit led him to the temple. And he was sensitive enough through spiritual posturing, to hear the voice of the Spirit as the Spirit was upon him, to hear the voice of the Spirit say, hey, today, yeah. not later, but right now, mm -hmm. I need you to go to the temple mm -hmm. because everything that you've been waiting for mm -hmm. and hoping for, it is coming to pass right now. Get over to the temple. Yeah. And Simeon says, yes, Lord. Mm 
sensitive to the Holy Spirit, Mm. sensitive to the Spirit's leading, sensitive when to speak, sensitive when not to speak, sensitive when to get involved, sensitive when not to get involved, Mm -hmm. but sensitive to the Spirit Mm -hmm. and not just being led by his own whims and desires. Really, really important. I love this other thing about Simeon now too. Simeon was flexible. And, and we can we can miss this too. You have to understand this again. The 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 uniqueness of a young couple, Mary and Joseph, showing up with their eight-day-old baby, dedicating him to Christ according to Jewish law. So here's two poor teenagers mm-hmm. who are getting ready to dedicate their child, and the Holy Spirit says to Simeon, This is the reason I brought you to the temple. This is him. He's flexible enough. Now listen to me, Christian. He's flexible enough Mm -hmm. to allow what potentially could have been his preconceived ideas Mm -hmm. of what Messiah was to be like, Mm -hmm. who he was to come from. He was flexible enough to the spirit to say, wow, God, just like me, a regular guy, Just like the angels, or excuse me, just like the shepherds, a regular guy. Here's mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, Mm -hmm. just regular people. Yeah. Yeah, I want to just go back one step about the timing thing and being sensitive to the spirit. Because, oh my gosh, in, in my own life, and I'm certain yours too, haven't you experienced um the disappointment of getting ahead of the Lord, knowing he was priming you for a moment, uh, an encounter. I mean, and and I'm not talking huge, what the world would say is this huge event, but he's priming you to witness to somebody or to make a phone call. I personally, I try to be super sensitive, you guys, because the Lord might set somebody on my heart and I know, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm hearing you. And then it may be a week or two or whatever, and out of the blue, it's like, now, now call them. Yeah. And and realizing, oh my gosh, this moment is profound in their life. Only moments ago did they pray for somebody to encourage them. But he's he primes you. It's like, don't be sensitive. And you know that you know that you know when that moment comes and the Holy Spirit says, now. Yeah. Now walk into that store. Now share the gospel with the person behind you. Now. So be sensitive to when he's priming you. That's right. And 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 don't jump ahead because that synchronization of the Holy Spirit and your obedience is going to make a way grander impact than if you potentially jumped ahead. That's you right. know, and it's a learning curve. It's a it's a learning through the years. You know, so anyhow, yeah. pay attention. Timing is everything. Timing <laughs> is is incredible. Somebody said that sometime. Timing <laughs> is everything. It's everything. All right, I'm going to move on and and quickly talk about this last little bit about Simeon mm-hmm. because it's it's intense like this isn't some really upbeat you know kind of happy Christmas moment right here yeah. nonetheless it is Simeon and it involves the word behold yeah. Luke chapter 2 verses 34 and 35 Simeon is speaking to uh, to Mary yeah. 
And Joseph is present, but he's saying this specifically to Mary. Listen to this. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Whoa, how is that sweet Mary? Yeah. Timing. Yeah, as a young girl. Everything that they had experienced, the angelic visitation, the dreams, the, the shepherds and the, the wise men had happened already, which we'll look at next week. But everything that they had heard and now they're hearing, this isn't going to be easy. Yeah. Let me tell you something about your Jesus. He's going to have two different effects on people and that's it. He's either going to cause people to fall or to rise. People are either going to reject him or accept him. People are either going to go to hell or go to heaven based on what they decide about him. There is no middle ground. Behold. Behold. There is no middle ground. Now, we know there's no middle ground in salvation. I'm gonna tell you something else, friends. There's no middle ground in right and wrong. There's not. There's not. You wanna try to play it safe and and try to have everybody like you on both sides and just be a full-on coward? You are not kingdom material. You wanna just try to get your thing accomplished and get your will done and play a little bit on this side and play a little bit on that side, play a little bit of Jesus, play a little bit of the world, play a little bit of right, play a little bit of compromise. Uh Uh-uh, doesn't work that way, pal. Doesn't work that way. You're either for him or against him. You're either for what's right or you're for what's wrong. There is no safe middle ground. If you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. And if you lose it for Jesus' sake, that's when you're going to find it. Yeah. I mean, later in the scripture when it talks about, I wish that you were either hot or cold. Hot or cold. Yeah. Want to be lukewarm? You better figure yeah. out what side of the yeah. kingdom fence you're on. Yeah. He tells Mary that her own soul was going to be pierced she was going to go through a very rough time. Did you ever think about this? Mary was the only person who was at the birth and at the death of Jesus. The only one. She was there. She obviously gave birth to him. She was there. She was with him throughout his entire ministry, and then she stood at the feet of the cross and was there at his death. I read these passages of scripture, y'all, and I go, man, what what a privilege to be a shepherd, just to be a regular old person to encounter Jesus. I read about Simeon, I think, man, what power, the power of the Holy Spirit 
to come upon you and to lead you and guide you and cause you to prophesy. What power. And then I read about Mary and I go, man, what pain. Privilege, power, and pain. There's no escaping it. It is the life of the gospel. It all comes together. It's to know the power of his resurrection and it's to know the fellowship of his suffering. Yes. There is no escaping it. You try to escape it, you're, you're missing out on what God has for you. You will not be conformed into the image of Jesus through just privilege and power. There's going to be the privilege of the shepherds to see it. There's gonna be the power of the spirit on Simeon to, to experience it. And then there's gonna be the pain of Mary. It's all of it. So our prayer for you as you enter that much closer into the Christmas season, we're whatever, five days away, I guess now, is that you behold Jesus. Behold all of them. Not just the stuff that you like or makes you comfortable, mm -hmm. but the stuff that he calls you to mm -hmm. that's difficult. Yeah. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Sarah and I pray a blessing over your people, over the people of God. Father, we pray that they would walk in your word, in your will, in your way. Lord, that they would make a choice as to whose side they're on. No more game playing. No more worldliness and godliness. No more lukewarmness. Lord, but that we would be filled with the Spirit, walk in your ways, and take every single thing that you have for us. God bless the people with peace and power and strength for whatever it is that they're going through. God bless them today. And may they have a merry, merry Christmas. May we all, as we behold you, we love you, Lord. And one more time today, we commit our hearts to you. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, who is the strong ruling and reigning yeah. Son of God, in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. We love you all. We will see you on Monday for sure. We're not traveling. We will see you Monday, the day after Christmas. And we've got some stuff to talk to you about the wise men. God bless you. Share this. Help get the word out. And uh, listen, be a social media uh, missionary. Keep us in your prayers. We love you. We bless you today in Jesus' name. See you guys. Bye-bye.